0: Hi, I'm Alan Hill, the nostalgic vagabond. I lived out of a backpack for many years during my 20s, and some 30s. I'm less of a nomad these days. In this podcast series, I'm catching up with old friends, wonderful people I've met on the Traveller's trek. And what better time is there to catch up, reminisce, and see how everyone is getting on in 2020? I hope you enjoy hearing about our journeys, as much as we've enjoyed sharing. listening to me the nostalgic vagabond this is part two of my conversation with my guest zooming in from mexico ulysses santa maria if you missed part one of our conversation you can find it in the episodes menu anyway let's get back to our conversation have you ever considered vlogging
1: Mm, yes and some people have mentioned that to me but i think i'm i'm happier behind the camera yes Yes, I really do. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it could be something that I might try in the future. But for now, I'm totally fine being behind the camera, and I really enjoy writing. Which uh, yes, I'm really excited. You mentioned my website before, and I I have to say that I I haven't published anything for about two years or almost two two years and a half, almost three years, and that has a lot to do with what I shared with you when I was in, when we were in Budapest, that this, mm. this conflict that happened in my family's life that uh, obligated us to go low profile and mm-hmm. somehow hide from all the public exposure possible. So I had to stop doing that, but I, I didn't want it to to put down the website because I, I, I like what I what I have done at the moment. I wanted to keep it. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm really excited to, to share with you now that these situations have changed. is shifting to a better life. That's amazing, man. And I'm very excited that soon in the next two months, I'll be uploading a new version of my website with tons of new stories that I haven't been able to share. And uh, Yeah. For, so, yeah.
0: I really look forward to that day and you'll definitely let me know when it goes live again with the updated version, because I'll be looking forward to the types of content that you'll have on there. Just a a question for listeners, specifically Ulysses. If somebody was going on a, a, a trip traveling, perhaps a younger person, maybe who is interested in photography, but maybe doesn't have so much money, has a curiosity and wants to start taking pictures as a hobby. Have you got any recommendations for the types of cameras they could take on a traveling trip, just a beginner or
1: amateur photographer? To be honest, today, even a cell phone will do the job. True. <laughs> Amazingly, that's, that's insane. Sometimes cell phones or smartphones can have way better quality than a professional type of camera. And it's so funny when you go to mu- on a museum, so let's say, mm-hmm. if, you, if they see you coming in with your professional camera, either they will charge you more or they won't allow you to go into the museum without a camera and next thing you'll see someone vlogging or making a video live from the museum with their cell phone so it's uh, that's it's crazy man that's crazy so a cell phone will do it what i think is more important before going into the technical aspects is to cultivate to exercise your eyes sort of saying before going on ch- what what is that that you wanna put your attention on? Because when you're traveling, everything is so exciting and new, attractive, and everything will capture your attention. And I also think that it's important that you live the moment. You know, Sometimes when we try to achieve a certain image, we are carrying the camera, expecting from, for that moment to come or to happen, and you are not truly living the moment. There's a discussion, sorry, about that when it comes to photography because you are somehow like two steps behind the frame of reality, sort of saying, and, and that's true, you know, you're so into achieving this image that you uh, lose uh, notice of uh, what is in the, in the surroundings. So if you have uh, your mindset regarding what kind of story you want to tell or what type of image you want to achieve, That will make your trip even more uh, exciting and more enjoyable because once you achieve that image, you can put away your camera, your cell phone and keep going with your trip, with your conversations and whatever else you're doing. So I say, put your mind into what you really want to tell, the story you want to tell and look for other photographers' work and see how they capture these things that you are also interested in just to for you to have a vision, an idea. Of what's the vision you you will be looking for? But because if you travel and are in, and you are expecting to make photos, let's say of the daily life of a town, things are happening, you know, and yeah, you need to capture things in the moment that happen. So you, it's it's a it's a deal to adjust your camera. Get, when when you are ready, the moment already is gone. So. You need to have your camera ready for shooting. So if you if you are in that mindset, you can enjoy the trip. Your sight is more, uh, I don't know how to say this, but like tuned for that, you know? And when the moment comes, you will be able to capture it in the way that you are looking forward. Because you might be able to capture something, but maybe it's not the image that you were thinking of. On the aspects or what kind of photog- uh, camera i will recommend i think canon is, is the is my favorite i i, I use canon cameras there's the sixty d the the sixty d series that i that it's uh middle range in terms of professional cameras that will shoot raw image which is really good because you can then go and edit it uh, in a in a software when you get home mm-hmm. and and really bring up the the, the colors or the lights of the, whatever you you, you portrait or took the photo of. And that will be a a great place to start. But you know, something very interesting about carrying a professional camera is the fact that you have different lenses. And that can be an advantage, but also can be a limitation or an obstacle because like I was saying, if part of your idea to do photography on a trip is to capture daily life. Setting up your camera will take you time. Changing lenses will take time too. So that will affect your ability to actually be ready. But also if these lenses you're carrying are very different in in what what are the range or the image that they capture, the storytelling will be affected. So traveling with a camera only with a 50 millimeter can be perfect. You know, it can be, with that, you can do magic, I think. If you are able to just be with one lens and a very simple professional camera, then you will have consistency in your storytelling, in the image you're getting, and you won't have to worry a lot about adjusting and changing lenses and will make the workflow truly flow during your journey. It's really good advice, man. It's also beneficial to
0: have uh, less bulk and less security risk if you just have the one lens and not four or five lenses in a bag, too, isn't
1: it? Yeah, no, and it, less weight, <laughs> uh, m- more space for other things, and less attractive in terms of the of of someone trying to steal your camera because it looks. <laughs> Sometimes the lenses make it look like, whoa, this is very professional, expensive. Yeah. And sometimes it's not really that, but that's the impression that people might get. And also if you are planning to do street photography, having a big camera with a, with a big lens, it will scare people and you will get really bad reactions. Like uh, photography has opened for me, people's hearts and, and people's lives. But it is true that also a camera can close doors and people's uh, willingness to be open. Like uh, that's also true. So I think it's very important to to think about, to really think about what you want to achieve with your camera throughout your journey. And from there, stuck in with that. And I think it will work out.
0: I've been thinking, especially during lockdown days, and wondering what the state of the world will be as we are all coming out of this pandemic. It's true for a lot of Australians, I think, and also now that I live in the UK, uh, the people who are from here as well, that when they travel, it's more typical that they go abroad and they go somewhere new and somewhere foreign, which is part of the adventure and, and part of their desire to go traveling. And often neglecting, perhaps strange and unique and quirky places within their own country. Now, with obviously the the pandemic and a lot of borders being closed, this is opening up the opportunity for all of us to explore our own countries, perhaps something that most of us had never really thought to do. How extensively have you explored Mexico? Do you have any favorite places you can share that some people, you know, who are not even from Mexico could Check out when it's safe to do so again
1: I, I really like this this question with this question because you see regarding um, what I think let's say about people that only travels overseas or that do not travel in their country back when I was a teenager, I used to think that that was a little bit foolish to do, but with the pass of time, I realized that at the end, it doesn't matter where you travel. What matters is that you travel. That's what matters. And if for you works out to go overseas to make you expand your vision about the world, to to make you more, uh, how can I say, respectful about other people's tradition, other people's point of view. That's if that works for you, do it. That 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 that, that if that's the way you travel doesn't matter if you don't travel in your country. What matters is that you go outside to the world. That's one thing that I wanted to say. Going to your question, um, I can say that I'm super fortunate that I've been able to pretty much travel all around Mexico. And uh, and this is something that I have done in the beginning, to be honest, but for economy. I was a, I was 16 when I moved out of my mom's house and didn't have much money. but I have a hunger to to go out and and discover places. So I will do really cheap trips to to places in Mexico. And then when that started to happen, I realized how rich is my country in terms of not only geography and nature and weather and things like that, but in people. Like we're a bunch of countries within a country. That's for sure. Because the, the background of, Of Mexico, or we can say Latin America, even North America in a a way, was uh, a huge variety of indigenous groups that have even different uh, language. Mm. So that's a foundation of Mexican society, wherever you go. So you will have a tradition that we all share, but in that region, they will leave that tradition in a different way. in some special way because that's how they do it over there, you know, because that's how their, their, their past told, uh, told them to do it. it. We have a very special day in Mexico that is the Day of the Dead that anybody yeah. knows uh, now because of movies. Very famous. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is truly my favorite time of the year because it makes us remind truly where we come from as a nation. And this, fa- this idea about the dead And how we are connected with the world of the dead. And we need to think about the dead as as something that we shouldn't be afraid of, but truly work our way to that point. And and when you reach it, embrace it and live it fully. That's something that's a good example of how in, in Mexico you will experience the day of the dead in so many different ways, depending on where you are. So to be able to witness that thing, traveling through Mexico, show me how diverse and and different we are. And from that point to this day, I consider my country the top uh, destination in my list always, because like I said, it's easy to move around. People, most of the time, um, are willing to have a conversation to open their houses, their lives, their hearts to you. If you are in a problem, for sure they will help you. And this other part that you learn about your culture from other's people, other people's perspective and traditions that makes you wonder who we are, who we are, these Mexican people. Are we really a one thing or we are a bunch of things going on at the same time? And if it's that, we are very lucky because there's nothing established, you know, and I think uh, that's very beautiful about Mexico. So, yeah, Mexico... It's um, either for pleasure, for work, or anything. I've been able to, to travel a lot. And the place or the region that I will suggest for anyone there listening is the region of Las Guatecas. That is a, a, mountainous, a, a region of mountains shared by five states that it has a high altitude, but in that high altitude, it has different altitudes that gives this region a very unique geography, but also nature. You can reach a forest, like a pine tree forest. And in a few hours, you can be in a rain forest, sweaty and lots of vegetation and rivers. And this area is so huge and beautiful. It will take you a month or two to actually really discover it. So the really cool part about it is that tourist industry has not developed that much in this region it will be hard to find five star hotel <laughs> <laughs> and it will be hard to find a very a fine cuisine restaurant you know you will be in the raw part of mexico uh, but that's beauty like that's so beautiful you know that, that it truly allows you to explore a, a region without the clichés of tourism mm-hmm. and and i think for anyone that th- is thinking about Mexico as a destination, for sure Cancun and all these places, Baja California, Los Cabos, mm-hmm. Acapulco, are these top places where everybody's trying to go. Give give yourself a chance to go to Las Huastecas. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by this place.
0: I imagine there's quite a lot of hiking trails through the mountains. Yes. Yeah, And is it in any sense uh, like uh, the Camino de Santiago that goes across the top of Spain? There's lots of walkers who use it like a pilgrimage for whatever spiritual reason they might be trying to find. In Mexico, is there any kind of spirituality to hiking through those mountains?
1: In that area, in that region, not so much. In other parts, yes. The thing here is that, which that actually makes really interesting this region, it was really hard to access the oldest highways to get there were seven to eight hours of winding, winding, constant. winding. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. it was so bad. So what is really interesting is that the settlements that established in this region were from the Mayans. Cool. The Mayan people at some point left the, their cities in Yucatan in the, in the Caribbean of Mexico and they started to move up north. And the region of La Huasteca has a lot of, the, of trail of Of settlements built by the Mayans with their cosmic vision and philosophy. So it's very interesting that it has this background therefore religion it was hard to reach these areas because like I said geographically are really accidentally and hard to reach. Mm. So this doesn't really happen there. Where I know you can do this type of trails and have a mix of the spirituality, it's in the region of Oaxaca. Oaxaca is also a region with a very diverse geography, and there is a, a good um, a long trail you can do in the region of uh, San Jose del Pacifico, where uh, you can actually walk for, a, I think it's about two weeks. Wow. Till you reach the, the coast of the Pacific, Pacific Ocean, yeah. Really nice. Yeah, in the
0: winter time, going through these mountain ranges is it almost impossible? So it would be best for hiking in more uh, warmer months.
1: No, I think the rainy season will be the the a problem ah, I for sure to to go across these these places because it will be really hard to move around, and also you won't be able to enjoy uh, waterfalls or rivers because they will be all muddy <laughs> and. Uh, But if you go on the springtime or the summertime or after the rainy season, perfect, perfect time to go. Wonderful.
0: Obviously, you were saying that your home country is your favorite country, which is great. Uh, It's a very nice, authentic and uh, beautiful form of patriotism that I actually personally don't share myself, but I can respect uh, your point of view there. (laughs) Um, Apart from Mexico... What are your other favorite countries that you visited in your traveling experiences?
1: Uh, well, Canada is for sure on the same, maybe on the same level as Mexico, because at the end, I, I lived there. I, I was a local mm-hmm. in Canada. I, I work under the table, <laughs> like many people, you know, like I, I did many things that allow me to, to have a real feeling of what it is to live in a country like that. And to discover this country through my friends, through the people I met that ended up taking me to places that they knew I was going to like or I was going to enjoy, I, I was very fortunate because Canada is huge. Yeah. It's so huge that uh, you need the guidance of people to, to discover it, to find the, the right places for you. So Canada definitely is, is in my heart and I and I. And I consider Canada as close as I as Mexico is for me. And certainly after my trip in Europe, Hungary was a destination that made a difference. Actually, I want to go back and stay longer and be able to get to know it better because uh, it was on the side of everything. I think it was because me, most of the countries that I stayed were um, these more european like france germany switzerland you know they they share things they have things in common but hungary was another story for sure and and when i saw that i was like man i want to stay here longer and i should have done it to be honest with you i should have stayed longer but it was great at the end and and now i it's on my list to to go back for sure
0: yeah you're probably experiencing some of the uh differences of evolution from the the second half of the 20th century, where Western Europe and Eastern Europe were quite separated. And then uh, when the fall of the Soviet Union happened, that all of Europe began to open up again, and uh, it was more possible for them to reunite and start to evolve, especially with the European Union forming, start to evolve together rather than separately as East and West. So you probably noticed uh, the, the differences between you know, France and Germany and Holland being similar, and then a place like Hungary feeling a little bit different.
1: Yes, yes, no. And, and a, a huge uh, part or a, a very important deal for me when it comes to travel is uh, language. Yeah. And <laughs> certainly Hungary and even Czech Republic, but I don't put now on my list Czech Republic because I don't know, I... The experience I have over there is too crowded. There are so many people from s- buses arriving with huge uh, groups of travelers. And I mean, that's fine. That's a way of traveling. I respect that. But uh, not not my thing. And mostly if you are a photographer trying to capture things. When there's people, people around. Like <laughs> Getting in your shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was in Hungary, language became... Uh, something not everybody spoke English in Hungary so that was challenging and that was very appealing for me yeah when when things are not so easy that's exciting and I I was really looking forward to to get more of that so hopefully hopefully next time I can yeah have more of that
0: I definitely recommend it, Ulysses I went back in January I don't know if I told you
1: yes I think you said yeah
0: because when I met you, I was severely jet lagged from returning from South Korea and just not having a really good couple of days. So I thought I need to go back and spend another week. And I did in January and it was obviously winter time, So quite a different experience, but really nice as well. I met some people and uh, saw uh, the city in a different way because it was winter and uh, a bit of snow and a bit of gray cloud and uh, the ambiance. Uh, was still delightful in the bars was obviously different experience too because you can shelter in the warmth with the fire and have some nice beers
1: nice <laughs> so cool man I-
0: I'm-, I'm i'm happy for you that you were able to go back yeah that's so cool it's a little bit easier from the uk than coming all the way over from mexico a bit cheaper as well
1: (laughs) yeah i was going to say that like another aspect of why i I found uh hungary or budapest so appealing is that it was the first time ever that my mexican pesos were valued more that (laughs) wow yeah so it was insane i wasn't sure about this i i heard a little bit that in these european side countries my money will be worth it mm. when i was in budapest i was like man this feels nice like uh, i can actually don't worry about how much i'm spending i don't know if you remember but uh, when we were for drinks with the kids from the hostel i was yeah i was uh, inviting a few drinks to them because I was like, man, I can do it. I will do it.
0: I can yeah. afford this this time. Yeah, can I afford
1: this now? <laughs> it was a very interesting experience because as Mexican, it's so rare when you leave Mexico that this could happen. You know, like uh, mm. most of the time we receive tourists from European or Northern countries where that their money valued trip, the triple or even more, you know, when they are here. So, so that feeling, I don't know, it, it was... It was not very comfortable at some time, you know, because they were like, that's not fair, man. Like I, I should be able to enjoy my country more with the money that I make and or to go to another country and not worry so much about money. But this time was was very special and cool to to, to have that feeling for the first time.
0: <laughs> Fast five. Five, 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 five. five quick fire questions require five quick fire answers. My guests must answer five random questions about traveling without thinking too much. All right, Ulysses, are you ready for the fast five? I'm ready, man. Question one, bus or train? Train. Question two, chain or independent? Independent. Question three, left or right? Left. Question four, shower shoes or no shoes? No shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Question five, single or double? Double a double whiskey please <laughs> yes please exactly
1: that's what i was thinking of
0: <laughs> there you go you smashed the fast 5 nice fast 5, five. 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 i've gathered that you've travelled for many years and you said you left home when you were 15 16 so quite young i wanted to know if i could take you back all the way to your first travelling experience outside of your home country of mexico And where was that? Where did you go? Do you remember how you were feeling in your life at that time? And can you recall what that experience meant to you?
1: Yeah, um, a year and a half before I left uh, my mom's house, she and I went to the United States to visit my two sisters, whom were living there at the moment in in Iowa. It's... uh, it's right in the, in the middle north part of uh, the United States. and uh, They grow corn there, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was very interesting because at that time, me and my mom, we didn't have a good time together. Like uh, my dad uh, was gone when I was very young. So when my sisters left to the U.S., me and my mom stayed together and I've been always a bit be a bit of a rebel and (laughs) for her it was really hard to put me into you know into the right track (laughs) so at that time we were having lots of issues so for my mom this trip was a was a deal breaker she was trying really to to build a new relationship with me and to be honest when when we were about to go i wasn't that excited because at, at, at some point I said to my mom, maybe you should go uh, on your own and I'll stay here. Obviously, because I wanted to stay and party and, and you know, and, and behave <laughs> home, home properly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 to be home alone. Sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but when we, when we get to the airport, uh, a very, a very exciting feeling started to grow inside of, my, of me, uh, butterflies in my stomach. Mm. And uh, it was a very unique and, and life-changing ex- experience because beyond visiting my, my sisters, they were living with the family over there. They, they were young, also my sisters. They weren't too old at that time. And they were staying with the family of, uh, they were Mormons. Mm-hmm. Well, at that time, this family was like the perfect portrait of the American family, you know? All the, the, the daughters and, and, and sons played an instrument. They, they loved to read. They were doing good at school. The total opposite of who I was at that time. And I think that's why my mom decided that it was a good idea that I would go on this trip just to see this environment happen. And it was very inspiring, for sure. I have to confess that with the time past, this family broke up into pieces because it was really hard to to keep this image of the perfect family. I can tell, you know? Wow. But at that moment in that moment, it truly had an effect on me. It inspired me to travel more, to go to the US, because I wasn't I wasn't really attracted to the to the US. It wasn't really on my map. But after this, the U.S. became like, wow, like it's actually, it can be actually really beautiful because we did a few stops before we arrived to Iowa. And uh, the United States is a beautiful country. Man. It's uh, It has this diverse geography also that is so huge and insane, beautiful. It's so sad that the things that are happening there right now. And it is also really sad that these uh, hate feelings going on also, the president they have like there are many things that really sad about what are going on over there. But I, and Mexico and the United States had this history of not getting along, really. Like yeah. we are neighbors and we have a relationship, but mm. the truth is that we don't really want to get along. And when I did that trip, I realized I want to get along with these people because I, I realized that they were interested in and really excited to get to know them. So that that was really, that opened my mind to leave behind those stereotypes that we all do have when we grew up. Culture permeates, you know, like cover-ups, no matter what, since we are children, it it goes with you. And it's with the time you need to start to like move move that dust from you that is not worth it. But um, yeah, it was a a life-changing experience for sure.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting because it segues into my next question. You were saying that it's easy to form stereotypes and it's quite liberating when you have experiences where the stereotypes that you've been taught can be broken. I was curious from your perspective, what do you think is the lowest common denominator that unites people from different cultures or backgrounds? Some people, especially in Britain, they say it's football. You know, football unites the whole world. Some people might say it's beer. (laughs) You know, uh, everybody likes beer. From your experiences, what have you discovered that is a single lowest common denominator that just captures the whole of the human
1: race? Well, I'm not a big fan of football. (laughs) Uh, Me neither. but, (laughs) but, But I have to say that football is on the list for sure. Yeah. Because it will be... An icebreaker for a conversation, especially between men. That's a that's a that's a common thing for men, and it's it started to become more for women also for sure. Mm-hmm. That's that's true, but between men, it's a it's a male bonding thing. You know, a a very funny experience that I would like to share. Two years ago, because of my work at AB3 Aerovisual, we went to Canada for a conference on precision agriculture. And it was my return to Canada after a while, actually. And this conference was the host in Montreal. Nice. All my teammates didn't speak French, really. They, they knew a few words, but didn't speak it. So I was the only one in the group that I was able to, to actually communicate and do a lot of things for the group during the trip. When we were leaving uh, Mexico, right before taking the plane, Mexico won against uh, Germany on the World Cup at uh, that time in 2018. So when we jumped in the, in the plane, all my workmates, my teammates were very excited. I was excited too, but they were super excited. And a lot of people on the plane were super excited, you know, like Mexico, Mexico and all that <laughs> As soon as we arrived to Canada and we took an Uber and Uber drivers in Canada will come from Syria, from Nigeria, from many different places, Turkey, Asia. As soon as we jumped in and we said we were Mexicans, the topic about football came out. And this is funny. I have no idea about football. I don't know (laughs) who are the players. I don't have a clue at all, to be honest. So it was so funny that... I will have to look back to my friends and ask them the questions that this Uber driver was asking me about Mexican players or the league in Mexico and things like that. Yeah. And after that experience, I said to myself, I need to get into football a little bit, you know, because I like to have conversations and this is an important conversation for a lot of people. Yeah. I don't want to be limited to have this kind of conversation. So so that was a very special experience that now makes me see football not as, a, as something that I'm passionate about, but something that allows me to have a conversation, that will open up a conversation. And that's, that's for sure one thing. Beyond football, I think food, it's a, it's a topic that truly, and without beer, <laughs> like wooden beer will go along always. It's something that, truly connects people a lot. Maybe it's because I'm from Mexico. But for example, if I say I'm from Mexico, I somebody will say tacos or tequila. (laughs) And what's your answer? And I said, yeah, double. Double double. (laughs) Double double, yes. (laughs) So so it's really funny, you know, that, that aspect for me is also an icebreaker. Yeah. When I say that I'm from Mexico. So food and liquor. It, I, I think it also goes into, into that category and to that level of the lowest point where we can start a conversation.
0: That's brilliant, Matt. Do you have any future trips that you are planning? If so, uh, where and why? Or is there a few things at the top of your wish list?
1: Well, mm um... Uh, Well, Mexico, since the COVID-19 thing, is not getting being contained here in the near future. Just to give you an example, I think uh, three weeks ago, we were on a ban list for different countries in Europe to visit. So we will have to go through this thing for me to be able to achieve my, my traveling plans. Yeah. I was looking forward to visit South Central and South America. I have a huge interest in going down there, and language has a huge uh, is a huge issue for this trip that I've been planning to do. Not because it will be easy to travel around because we all share Spanish. In some places, they speak English only, but uh, and French also, but uh, but the Spanish language somehow uh, makes uh, makes it easier, mm-hmm. but. I have two um, people that inspire me when it comes to traveling. And for example, one of them is Che Guevara. Beyond his political ideas, he was a huge traveler. He believed that the fact that we share the the Spanish language was a a thing that could unite us even more. And it is sad in a way that that hasn't happened. And the fact that language is not something that will assure you that you can have a connection with someone makes it very appealing for me to go and discover South, Central and South America. Because we are, if I just said to you that Mexico is like a bunch of countries within a country, mm-hmm. Spanish-speaking countries are very different from each other. So there's no there's no guarantee that just by just by the fact that you speak Spanish and they and they speak Spanish, you will things will be easier for you. And that's very appealing for me to discuss, to see how it will be because sometimes we we don't want to visit places because we are afraid of language because we don't speak the language we won't be able to move around and enjoy and meet people things like that like when we were in Budapest or other places that I've been yeah language was a barrier but it can be also an opportunity if you don't speak the language because. It takes you to a very lower level of humanity, of, very, of human essence, where you have to, to find other ways to communicate. And that is always exciting for me. And, and that's why Latin America and Central America are, part of my, are on my top list, for sure, for sure.
0: Cool. And finally, Ulysses, you've already offered some wonderful advice during this podcast episode. I think I might have to split it into two episodes because there's so much good stuff. <laughs> I'm getting good value from you. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm so honored to be here talking to you, man. It's really nice. A final piece of advice that you can offer to the listeners, maybe something that you were taught as a young uh, teenager or something you've learned for yourself,
1: something you can share with the listeners? I, I thought about this uh, uh, about this question and, and, I, and I actually uh, wrote down something because it's, uh, I think this is a key thing of, of traveling of when you meet people on the way, on the go, on your, your journey. And I will say, trust your instincts and pay attention to your feelings. Learn as much as possible in advance of the destination you are planning to go. Prepare yourself mentally, spiritually, and with all the essential equipment. Because it might rain, it might get cold, you might get sick. So it's very important to, to be prepared. It won't take you by surprise. Allow yourself to reconnect with your inner child. When you travel, I think it's very important to be curious and open, and open to wonder, to the wonder of things. And when we get, as we get older, we lose that, that ability to wonder about life. And, and, and when you travel, that's the moment you need to let yourself go and, and truly embrace whatever feelings are coming through you. Pay attention to the signals and messages uh, the universe sends you. Like, I truly believe that there's an energy that guides you and talks to you. You need to pay attention to it and, and be aware of anything. If you, there's a really good book called the, the Celestine Prophecy that talks about coincidences. And the coincidences are not really a coincidence. It's a message from the universe that is telling you something. When you're traveling, you see someone that reminds you of somebody you know, that's a sign of the universe that maybe you need to get to know that person or something like that. So pay attention to the signals that the universe is sending you. This will let you know when is the right time to stay there or to move away. Like it it, it also keeps you safe from from things that uh, might not be good. Meet locals and other fellow travelers. That's so important. And don't be afraid to ask for help or directions. Uh, And if it's possible, uh, help others to reach or find their destination or through their journey. If, if it's in your hands to help others, do it because you never know when you're going to need help. Yeah. And last but not least, if it's possible also, travel with a life insurance or a medical insurance because uh, you never know what will happen on, on a journey. And when you know that you have it, there's something in the back of your mind that allows you to feel a bit safe. And to enjoy fully whatever you you are doing through your trip, so I will say that.
0: That is absolutely incredible, mate. This has been really, really fun. I have really had a good time chatting with you.
1: Me as well. It's uh, I was very excited to have this conversation. I had a really tough week, a lot of work. Yeah, I've been sleeping uh, very few hours, but um, I, I want to thank you because this is a trip to me. Like I really. Uh, a gift. Um, my birthday is um, Tuesday next week. So to be able to talk about this in, in this context with you is like an advanced gift for me. You know, like, I'm very grateful and very lucky that we met. Yeah, and uh, I really appreciate that you thought about me to be part of this uh, very interesting project that I'm really looking forward to check on all the episodes and, and share it with my friends. And I'm sure it's going to be a very, something that is going to evolve into something very interesting. I'm really looking forward.
0: I hope so as well. I hope that through stories and through all of our experiences inspire people to start traveling again, especially when the world resumes a more natural state of affairs whatever kind of normality that will be let's get out again and start making the world a better place by interacting with people we don't know and improving each other's lives yeah
1: i totally agree with that and i think it will be it will be key for for human for the future of humanity because if by being apart we are divided already being isolated and not interacting is going to have a very I think it's gonna have a negative uh, outcome for us as human beings. We need, we are beings that are meant to be with others. If something this pandemic can teach us is that we need each other. We need the, the human touch. That's, that's something we cannot let go and we need to make sure we, we can go back to that dynamic. If it's gonna be using something that protects your face, Well, so be it, but not stop doing it. They won't stop doing it because we need to keep doing it now more than ever. That's that's really good. Yeah, bro. Thank you. Thank you so much. One last thing I would like to do is to take a a selfie with you. Okay. Yeah. Am I in the
0: screen okay? Yes. There we go. Perfect.
1: (laughs) Yes, my friend.
0: Okay, mate. Take care. Take care, my friend. Talk to you soon. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks for listening to The Nostalgic Vagabond. My guest has been Ulysses Santamaria. There are more episodes in this podcast series where you can hear different stories from other travellers. Check them out where you get your podcasts. You can also follow me at The Nostalgic V. Thanks to Tom Forfa for creating the soundtrack to the series. Don't forget, your journey is special. Own it. I've been Alan Hill. Until next time.